0: The more I want to know you Jesus, Jesus. more That same line again the more, the more I know you The more I want to know you Jesus more The more I know you the more I want to know come on sing it from your heart Jesus yeah. more of you So I want
1: from your heart more of
0: let it you. rise I want more of you Let it ride the more I know you the more I want to know you Jesus more of you I want more of you I want more of you I want more, of you. I want more of you. you jesus the more i know you the more i want to know you jesus more of you father we give you praise and we give you glory lord have your way this morning let your word come with fire and power to be a blessing to the hearts, souls, and minds of your people, I pray uh, that we will be blessed immensely by your word. Our lives will be imparted, and grace shall find us in the mighty, matchless name of the Lord Jesus. We call it done. Amen. Amen. So somebody shout, Amen. Amen? I want to share with you a script, uh, um, a sermon on the futility of pride. Somebody say the futility of pride Or oh, come on, shout to say the futility of pride um, And I would start from James chapter 4 verse 6 And uh, bring to you two kinds of pride But I want to focus on one type of pride today Which is largely overlooked In the body of Christ. And I'm believing God for grace. To be able to communicate it as I receive utterance. Hallelujah. I'm told last week Pastor Enneth was a huge blessing. Uh, Hallelujah. James 4.6 But he giveth more grace. Wherefore he saith, God resisted the proud, but gives grace to the humble. Can we read that line again? God resisted, ready go. Uh-huh. One more time. Yes. for the last time. Uh-huh. God resists the proud, but gives grace to who? The humble. You see, when the devil or demons are after you, there is a name you can mention that is above every name. And once that name is introduced into the picture, demons don't have a choice but to run away. When men fight you, you can invoke the name of the living God. And every opposition gives way because the authority of God has been introduced into the picture. What would you do when it is God himself that is resisting you and it is God himself that is fighting you who are you going to call upon that can help you when it is God that is fighting you but the Bible says that God's modus operandi is to fight them that are proud. God resists the proud. God himself makes himself an opposition to them that are proud and that is why there are many people who are struggling to rise. They are doing everything they think it is is necessary. Every key they are employing for their rising but because God is the one that is resisting them the arising cannot be permitted in the spirit you see whenever God resists a man every other force becomes available and attaches itself to the fighting and the dominion over your life even the demons say that oh once God is fighting you we are invited to the party we can also fight you too hallelujah look at someone say watch pride or we'll tell another say watch pride proverbs chapter 22 verse 4 Proverbs two four. Proverbs two four. By humility and the fear of the Lord riches and honor and life. In other words, riches, honor, and life come by humility and the fear of the Lord. You see, you can have riches without having honor. You can have honor without having life. You can have riches without having life. But for you to receive the full complement of this this blessing of riches and honor and life, it can only come to the one who has learned to submit himself in humility to God, in fear and in trembling. So there are people who have money, but they don't have life. Have you not met such people in your life before? There are people who have honor. You know, in in this country, we call some people honorable. We have ascribed honor to them. But they'll be missing out on other things. But the full smorgasbord of God's blessing can only come to the person who has understood that these things can come to people who are humble and walk with God in humility. Why? Because it is God who is the lifter up of men, it is God who lifts up the humble. There's a type of pride I want to deal with this morning, which I call spiritual pride. Somebody say spiritual pride. Oh, come on shout it say spiritual pride and our key text will be from the book of Luke chapter 18 from verses 10 from verse 10 to verse 12 Luke chapter 18 verse 10 to verse 12 the book of Luke yes sir Eighteen ten, yes two men went up into the temple to pray uh-huh the one a pharisee and the other a publican so two men have gone to the temple to pray two men are going to do the same exercise in the same location Uh, but there's something different about the two of them one is a publican one is a pharisee the pharisee stood and prayed thus with himself this is what he said God I thank thee that I am not as other men are it says God I thank you that I am not like all these other people extortionist and just adulterous all. Oh, even as this publican. All these people here, God, I thank you that I am not like them. Even this guy praying in the corner by me, thank you that I am not like him too. I fast right. twice in the week. Now he says, look at me now, God. See the way I've been fasting every time. I give tight of all. I don't I even possess. play with my tight at all. I'm always tithing and the publican standing afar off, and this is the not lift language. up so much as his eyes unto heaven. And this is what he says: but upon his breast, saying God be merciful to me, a sinner.'" Stop right there. These are two men in the temple, and they are praying. One person says, "God, thank you that I'm not like all these other people. See the way I've been fasting. See the way I've been giving tithe See the way as for me, I walk before you." I'm not even like this guy praying in the corner over there and this is what you call spiritual pride. See sometimes church folk confuse simplicity for humility. The fact that somebody is simple doesn't mean he's humble and I know that this morning I'll offend a lot of people but please forgive me already I apologize in advance if you will be offended forgive me. Tell somebody, forgive us for. <laughs> but there's something called spiritual pride. As a father, one of the things the Lord has taught me is that when you receive sons, when you receive children, you don't just receive them, but you, there has to be the need to circumcise them as well by circumcising them what it means is that you are chastening them and you are sharpening them and you are disciplining them to ensure that they are focused on what they must be focused on and so when you have a child that is not responsive you must understand that this person cannot be aligned with their vision in fact there are times where people criticize in others what they haven't found grace to deal with in their own lives i feel like going somewhere this morning and so when somebody's issue comes up most of the time the people in church who are loud critics of the people are the people working in that exact same thing and they haven't found grace to deal with it and they haven't been caught yet and so they are they are the first to point fingers at other people and i would share with you some of the signs and symptoms that you are battling with spiritual pride because there are people who, even in their prayer you can see some people will post and let you know that as for me i pray my prayer life i pray one hour every day and they feel the need to rub it in and to show other people how they don't pray and how they are more prayerful than them as if it has become a competition of who can pray the most This guy was a pharisee and he was praying. The other person was a publican. The Bible says he couldn't even lift up his head. But between their two prayers, God had reverence and mercy upon the one who couldn't even lift up his head. This guy who was telling God how he fasts and how he gives and how he's tithing and how he doesn't steal like everybody else. He doesn't do. He was the one God rejected his prayer. There are people walking in a a certain heightened sense of self self aggrandizement they think that they they know more than everybody they think that they have arrived more than everybody in fact there are people who go to church just to mark the accuracy of the pastor's preaching and so they have their notebooks and they are marking grammar and they are mark instead of being there to be blessed by the message they are just going from place to place to examine the theological accuracy of the delivery of the man of god And so they can never be brought to a place of being blessed and imparted by the atmosphere because they are critics and they are examiners on their own. I feel like preaching this morning. I feel like, can I preach this one too? (laughs) Number one symptom for spiritual pride is when a message is being preached and you think it belongs to other people. Well, this one is for that lady over there. It's not me. God knows that's me. I'm okay. Can I go there? You know, when the message is coming like, like this one, a message like this one, and then, you know, Akushia's name comes in your head. This one, it is Akushia they are talking about. It's Yaya. Someone say Yaya. Yeah. They never think the message applies to them, they never believe that there is something in it for them, something they must pick and something they must walk with. It is always for this person, it's always for that person. When, when the issue of fornication is preached for example, just because they haven't been caught yet, they will be imagining and pointing fingers at that lady that got pregnant and gave birth. And because they were disciplined and God-fearing enough to give birth and didn't abort the child, you, who they haven't caught you yet, you have the nerve to point accusing fingers at other people and say, "This one, it is you they are talking about." You got nerve. They think it is not theirs. This message is not for me. You can preach anything. You can preach holiness. You can preach power, you can preach anointing, you can preach anything you want to preach, it is not for them. Because they are on a level of spiritual superiority that they think it doesn't apply to them. I remember calling somebody and the Lord had given me a message for the person, he had to make a decision and God said go and tell him to do this and to do that and to take this decision." and i called him and i spoke to him i said there's is an issue this issue and that one god said take this path this is the path of life this is the path you must take and after i had finished bringing him the message he told me god bless you yourself but i want to also pray and hear god i want to pray and god i want i've been praying about it for the past 6 months i want god to bring clarity i said what i'm telling you is it not clarity And I told him, in my head, I didn't tell him, in my head, I said, from today, whenever you come to a junction of confusion, the same way you are seeking to pray to God to be clear on what to do, continue on that path. Don't come to me and say, what is God saying about this matter? Find your way and keep going. Hallelujah. It It was a very important decision concerning confusion in terms of marriage and I brought him God's counsel this is what how did I even know that he was thinking of making such a decision to even come and tell him in the first place? that this one it doesn't apply to me tell somebody look them in the eye and say it applies to you tell the person it is your message this morning number 2 thinking that you are more anointed and gifted than everybody else you are more anointed you are more gifted Yehu was so anointed leader. There are people who genuinely think they are more gifted than anybody. They think that if they stop singing in the choir, the choir will collapse. They think what they are doing, if they don't do, the ministry won't survive. In fact, there are are many young men and women who are called into ministry who think that they are theologically more sound than even the fathers. They know stuff nobody else knows. They can see more than anybody else. They think that is spiritual pride. And you see, the thing about God is that he says he resists the proud. He didn't define what kind of pride invites resistance from heaven. Any kind of pride. And so sometimes you will see somebody who looks like he is gifted, but there are no results in his ministry. It's because pride is in his heart, and God has determined that his motives are wrong, and God is resisting his rising. He is preaching, but he's not rising. He is prophesying, but he's not rising. He is doing everything he thinks he knows to do in the spirit, but he's not rising because the Lord has determined that there is pride connected in his heart, and it is spiritual pride. People think they are more anointed than anybody else. That was Elijah's mistake. When he ran to God, he said, God, kill me, kill me. I'm tired. All these things that are happening, you know, uh, it feels like I'm all alone. I'm doing this all by myself. And God said, "Go, oh, oh, come on, shut up, shut up over there. I have reserved for me how many prophets? 7,000 prophets. Whose knees haven't touched the ground? He says, There are 7,000 other people like you don't think that you'll have an anointing nobody has seen before. If you decide to go away today, I can call on any one of those 7,000 people and they will start ministering. See, there are people who think that they are so gifted but they don't know that there are other anointed people. They are in their villages somewhere. You haven't heard of them before. They are not on TV yet. Nobody knows their name. No, Their names are not popular out there but the kind of grace and anointing upon their life, God is just waiting for a certain time and a certain season to begin to introduce them to men, to become a blessing to men. Whenever you feel like you are coming to the place where you think I am more gifted than everybody know that the enemy has buffeted you and is ready to pull you down and to destroy your life hallelujah look at somebody and say don't think you are too gifted more than anybody sometimes this level of pride even creeps up into the hearts of men that they begin to think themselves highly even in their offices they think that as for me i'm too special in this office Uh, but you see the day you die the office will still keep going on they will bury you and tomorrow about this time they will start advertising for somebody to come and do your role for you to understand that the the, the, the company was existing before you were born and it will exist after you are dead I used to work in one bank like that. Number one, when you die, you think you are so intelligent. When you die, tomorrow morning they are advertising your role and somebody else is coming to do their job. We are forgetting about you. We will cry a little, but we will keep going. And there are other people that they can target and say, Pastor Michael, the way you think you know your job too much, they will announce and tell everybody, you know, your job has become redundant. We want you to go home. And then they will send you home. And by the time you are going home, they will call Pastor Morgan to come and do the same job they told you is it's, it's, it's redundant. For you to understand that it's not just about you listen when you have the privilege of being somewhere and the privilege of serving somewhere count it all joy and know that it is the Lord that has given you a privilege to be there don't think of yourself so highly and so gifted and so anointed that without you people can survive some of you think that it is because of you that the earth is spinning the way it's spinning but I want to disappoint you and let you understand if you die the earth will still keep spinning and we will keep breathing and nothing will change understand that it is god you see paul says something he said i am what i am by the grace of god he understood that he was gifted he understood that he was anointed but he still said i am that i am by god's grace he said even though i work hard that is not the reason the reason is because god is with me and god has enabled me when you have this understanding no matter how high you rise you still remember that it is god who has done this for me it is god who has lifted me and it is god who has brought me to the place of impact somebody say i know it is god never think that you are more anointed than anybody else anybody else you are more anointed and gifted than anybody I was telling them yesterday no sometimes when people call me papa they make me uncomfortable I remember one day I went to minister somewhere and the depth of the prophetic accuracy broke the woman and she suddenly rushed to my feet to come and hold my feet the way i dodged her come and hold your feet and i have arrived i am the apostle you are about to die i'm telling you when they they, you see you can decide on your own to elevate yourself and create a scenario where people praise you even when you know you don't deserve it when people hype you up and they are, everybody's clapping for you that's one another scenario is where people genuinely because you have blessed them they want to be blessed, they don't have a bible how can you not align to the ministry vision and instructions they don't align to ministry vision and instructions you know sometimes The instructions the Lord would speak to me to tell people are so simple that if you're not careful, you despise the wisdom and the weight behind the instruction. One day a woman came to me from the U.S. And she had been there for some time praying and believing God for the paperwork to be sorted out. In fact, it's Lady Lady Amanda's mother. And she came and um, when she was speaking, God had shown me that they have released the document and her paperwork had been done and so I waited and she spoke and, spoke and spoke and I said oh is that so let me pray for you father as you have shown me let it be released in Jesus name amen and then I left her then she went to ask them the, the daughter ah no no like meaning is that all I'm, 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 I'm waiting to sow seeds like he should let me do something where is the thing nothing oh this one As soon as she left Ghana and got there, they called her and posted her documents to her. And now she called the daughter and said, Hey, the thing has happened. Just like your pastor said. See, sometimes it's like what Naaman was told go and dip yourself into the River Jordan. And he said, but there are better rivers where I'm coming from. You know, there, there is this and there is that. Those ones are even more glorious. Why would you let me come all the way here? And you even take the seed I'm giving you as you get as you go and swim. Do you think it is swimming I want to swim or it is healing I want? The simplicity of the instructions can look foolish to you. But the thing about God is that he takes the foolish things of this world and he uses it as a resource to confound the wise. Hallelujah. And these are people who will never appreciate or align themselves with instructions and visions a few weeks ago a gentleman was brought to see me You see, and that's one of the reasons why when people come and tell me oh I have this friend who wants to see you most of the time I am very uncomfortable speaking to them because number one they are not like you they don't understand that this is church they think they are going to a shrine can I go there now you you are here your mind i have taught you and preached many many sermons your heart is in alignment they they don't know they just know that i have a problem they say this man can help me let me go so they have a shrine mentality when they are coming to see me and one person was brought like that a gentleman and he came narrating how um somebody has taken his name to an altar and they say the altar is about to fight him and this and this and that he was speaking as okay well assuming it is true that they have taken your name to an altar there is an altar and there is an altar. There are altars above altars, and the altars have a voice. And I believe in the altar of PVC that it has power and has ability. And I said, write your name. I believe mean, they took your name to that altar. Write your name now and bring it to church on the Friday. And when you come, come and drop it on this altar and leave it there. He came to church on the Friday, and I asked him, Where is your? Have you written your name? I haven't written it. I said, Give him my paper. How many of you are here on that day? Give him a paper and pen. He was giving me attitude, as if it is me they are taking my name to the altar. And I just looked at him quietly, and I said, "They should put it here." When he left, I told them, "Remove it." He has he has this honor in his heart for grace and the ministry, and there is no way this altar can work for him. It is a waste of time. Let him go. These are people. When you tell them we are doing three days fasting, they say, "Oh me, I don't I don't fast for three days. I have decided I'll fast on Friday, and that is what I will do." This one is passed by somebody's medulla oblongata. <laughs> Amen? Because they have their own thing they are doing. They have their own vision they are running. These are people you tell them Friday we are having service. Oh Friday I have some meeting. I have some fellowship I need to attend. I am the preacher man of that fellowship. You are the preacher man. They have their own I remember one day many years ago I used to play the bass guitar for my father and there was this gentleman who was a drummer he would come and play drums but we didn't have a good drummer at the time and uh, apparently the man was going around telling people in the church that as for him he is not here to stay for long he is looking for an anointing and he knows that my father has that anointing so he wants to catch it the moment he finishes catching it he will just leave and somebody went to tell the old man about it. So I remember that day very well. We're, I don't know, Dunamis temple is not like this. The instrumentalists are at the back somewhere. So we're there. He was playing. I was also playing. And then daddy picked the microphone and he called him. said, young man, come. I don't want to see you in this ministry again. Walk out. The instruction was simple. Walk out. That, that was his end. See, if it were me, I'll come and beg. What do you think? Hey, I'll come and beg. Whatever they said, I said it, but I'm sorry, forgive me. You know, he walked out arrogantly and told people, I'm going to start my ministry. You will see. Give me five years. As I talk to you now, he started in a classroom. He's still in a classroom. They are not even up to 12 members. Because God respects order and authority. Can I I communicate this to you? Yeah. When people think that, oh, this thing doesn't apply to me. See, there are times that you give a simple instruction. How many of you were here on Friday for night of encounter? How many of you were blessed by night of encounter? You see, there are things we cannot do on a Sunday morning. Right now, I've not even finished preaching. I have three minutes left. Because on Sunday morning, we are all very well dressed. You know, very executive you see the way I'm looking dapper in my jacket like that everybody's looking very very good so we can come and do some of these things where there is an overflow of the power of God and people are rolling on the ground like imagine your, your hair is destroyed your, your dress is dirty and you are going to pick trot to go home the trot mate will look down on you and will be contemplating whether they should allow you to even board their trot in the first place and because of that, we, we we trust God to be gentlemen and ladies during Sunday services. Every now and then when the prophetic atmosphere opens, I just stand far away from you and deliver the word of God. So if I come close to you and you fall down, I'm in trouble. What do you think? But on Fridays, you know, we have time. God moves. Somebody says, oh, as for me, I'm not a Friday person. You know, Friday I have my own things I do. My friends come and call me and we go for outings. You know, we have... We have a, a, a sister sister group. We just go and chill. Yeah, we, we do sitting. Sitting. Somebody's offended. Though. If you tell somebody if you're offended, you're on your own. Or oh, tell the person you're on your own. You're on your own. Number. What number are we on? Five. These are the people who will take your quotations and pretend like it's their own. Haish. You know, they have they have pretended to people that they are so deep and so, you know, revelatory. They are so anointed that they need to maintain their pretense before them. So they will just come and hear what you are preaching and then, you know, put it there and then their friends will know that they are deep. Over. He can't bring himself to Anna where he got it from. Anna where he got the knowledge from. Anna where he got the quote from. That's a sign of spiritual pride. One of my sons came to me. He said, Papa, do you know what I do? He said, I don't have a lot of messages. So what I do is that your podcast is my Bible school. I've listened to every message on your podcast. I make my notes. So when I pick it, I add something to it and I go and preach it. I hope you are okay with it. I said, keep going. You won't die if you have the humility to acknowledge that there's a body of knowledge you don't know. That you can gather and add it to your own and keep working. Hallelujah. Oh, I said hallelujah. Yeah. That is why when you go to school, there's there, there a certificate program. There's a diploma program there's an HND program, there's a degree program, there's a master's program even the master's there are levels there's MA, there's MSc, there's MPhil and then you come to PhD and there are levels to this so on the same subject matter a person who has a PhD is likely to be more knowledgeable in it compared to somebody with a diploma or other things being equal are we on the same page and so sometimes you know when you see these people have, have, do you, I see them all the time they will pick apostle's quote and then they'll put it there and then, then their, their friends will say hey that's deep and so you know you know me you know you know the way I, my depth with god is god shows me things and god reveals things to me you don't have the grace to sustain the pretense one day you collapse see it's one of the reasons why i tell people if you are not there yet yet calm down because if you rush for example say oh i can do it i'm going to start my ministry and you start you have to be preaching every sunday for 52 weeks preach messages that are unique and yet can bless the people every single sunday if they come and you don't have the grace to sustain what you have begun at a point in time they'll be frustrated because they are even more superior to you in knowledge I keep telling our pastors and our branches that if you don't learn, one day your people will become more deep in the things of God than you because now they can access messages from everywhere. So if you don't learn and you don't grow and you don't mature, one day when you are preaching, they will sound like a child to them. And there are dimensions to this. Paul said, when I was uh, I was a child, I taught like a child and spoke like a child. That I took milk, but now I am cracking bones. God, there's a season for taking in milk. There's another season for cracking bones. And if you start feeding an adult milk upon milk upon milk, one day, one day, one day. One day. how many of you have tasted best milk before? Why wouldn't you (laughs) taste? I'm told that it's better. But that is what sustained you, everybody here, when we were children. That same thing, if you try to take it today, you may have diarrhea. You know. Because your system has matured beyond the ability to process such things, you have gone above that. And that is why you don't run a race and do things God hasn't commissioned you to. There's a man in the Bible called Josiah. People were going for their war. God hadn't sent him. And he decided, I'm going to fight this war. I must, I must fight some. He disguised himself in the battle. You know what happened to him? They shot an arrow. It lodged in his heart and killed him instantly. God hasn't sent him. He went on his own and he died of foolish death. That is why, even though my name is Josiah, I don't want to die like that. So i'm careful there are battles god hasn't sent me i don't go into there are conversations if i'm not invited into i don't talk in when i go and i'm speaking to my spiritual father you see you even think i don't know how to preach one day one of my mentors pastor eric when he heard a message i had posted online he called me and said hey that's a deep message because all these years I just go quietly and sit down like I don't know how to talk and I just pick my my tablet and he's speaking, I'm just taking notes like that and I ask questions like I'm a fool it's not because I'm a fool I have understood the dimensions and the system for lifting in this kingdom so when I see a man and I see what is upon him and I see how the Lord has lifted him all I need to do is to be able to have the wisdom to abound and yet abase can I preach this one too? Uh, yeah even in the school you attended, there's something called plagiarism. Where when you quote somebody, mm, mm, they can tell you, who won't give you your certificate." And that is why when we quote something like, "I can do all things through Christ," we quote the reference. We know where it's coming from. It is not your revelation. Number, number six. Are you sure? Wow. Number six, the need to always correct people. The need to always correct people. They always have correction to make. They, they must correct people. You know this. You know this doctrine on justification. They didn't get it well. You know this deliverance thing. They don't understand. There's always a need for them to correct somebody. They, they have found a revelation. They have found a the key. They must. They have found something. They must correct people. You know, um, even though Archbishop said this, you know truthfully, it's not true. <clears throat> Calm down. The need to. Even in your life, if you if you have a friend who always has the compulsion to correct people, it's a sign of pride. They must always correct something. You see, the, the hairstyle you did. If you had done it this way, it would have been nicer. Hey, now where is your your him? Oh shoe shoe i share And and then what? are you talking But in you're green shoe, you know what they be mascara We make up the people. I'm I'm going to I'm not I'm I'm let me pray for you for free. <laughs> hallelujah yeah the need to always correct in fact we have raised a dangerous generation in my generation where everybody thinks they must correct somebody are we serious at all instead of focusing you see the truth is that because we are human beings we will all make mistakes oh if I haven't hurt you yet please I'm sorry in advance in future one day one day I will hurt you it may not be intentional But something might happen. But I'm apologizing because I am not a perfect being. I am not not the Holy Spirit. And so I may step on your foot without even realizing that I've hurt you. How many of you have hurt people you didn't even know you have hurt them. But they've taken it personal before. Yeah. So as long as we are human beings, we will hurt people. I was teaching the pastors something. And I told them, one of the ways to reveal the heart of somebody, whether it's with you, is through offense. Ask me how. It is when people are offended that you know whether they are, they are with you or not. i have shared this example with you. If you hear outside that there is a thief, if you, July July, what do you say it? How do you say it? Your natural inclination will be the Especially if you remember how they stole something from you. Hi! If they haven't stolen anything from me for you, understand. I remember in secondary school, I had washed and my white t shirt hanged it on the on the um hang line, eh? and then I was going to take it, and there's a senior of mine who had taken it. And I said, ah, this is mine. He said, oh, it's for me. I said, okay, turn the back. My neighbor was there, Josiah. I said, I, I know it's Josiah, but it's customized for me. <laughs> the, the man said, I said you, you take it. So if they haven't stolen anything from you before, you understand. But if you have, and, and they are beating, you say they should beat him. Some of you who have a modicum of violence attached somewhere in your heart, you even join them and slap them. Let's say that the same scenario... The same thief. They are shouting, thief, thief, jewel, all those things, and then you rush out to realise it's your brother. What would you do? You tell them you will okay, we will solve it. What did he steal? I'll pay. You try to calm it down. you two fall oh, are You try to douse the situation. The crime is the same. The people who caught. The person is the same. In fact, the announcement of the crime is the same. The only difference is your relationship with the person. That is determining how you are reacting to the scenario. So when you are offended, it is that offense that reveals whether your heart is with somebody or not. You see, because whatever somebody did to you that pained you, somebody else did it and you forgave the person and kept moving. Because you have a heart for the person. Am I preaching something? Hallelujah. So offense reveals what is in the heart of men. So if you always feel like correcting people, I must correct you. You know, the other time when you like like when I made um, um I made Pastor Ennis preach and then somebody somebody will call him by the side and say, My you did well, but let me let me correct you here and there. See, when you are preaching, you don't do this. Hallelujah the need to correct people. Some of you do it and you even take it to the office. You want to correct your boss. In a meeting with your boss's boss, your boss is talking to the boss and you say, I, I think he's made a mistake, let me correct him. And your boss is looking at you quietly whilst you are talking, your boss's boss is shaking the head. Once the meeting is over, the two of them meet concerning you and say, this one, we have to find a way to exit him. You think you are advertising your intelligence, but they are seeing through your pride. There is a timing in the system of God for raising and elevating men. And if you can't calm down and wait for your time, you have to correct your way to the top. You will never get there. Hallelujah. You want to correct your mother. Amen. You want to correct your mother on how to mother people. Your mother that murdered you You want to correct her now. You want to correct your father. See, the danger with these things is that the things we are so quick to correct and criticize in others, if you are not careful, you will do worse when you are given the same opportunity. You hear what I said? You do worse. The way you are pointing fingers at that person, it is just time, chance and opportunity you haven't had yet. The day you get it, some of you, the real things in your heart will become exposed. Lift up your right hand. You want to pray, Father, deliver me from every spiritual pride. Lift up your voice. Lift up your voice. Shalagado rabasiagatas. Dezele do ragadis. Mando ragada. Shalados kibaradis. Voilà l'eau marakata sa, il fait l'élebo dada. Et ademalako shabra di, panduraba alegradis, gradi sa. Makapara dada baxu. Vedoradi braga mando vada. Lekopara dosa dele marakata. Satya La Dosh, we give it glory. My Lord, my Lord, Era mia paz mahodi and wo tha ye Aleluia! Oh, oh. Father, we thank you for your word this morning. Thank you for the privilege to hear you speak to us. And we ask that every element of spiritual pride, you will give us grace to extinguish it from our lives. We pray that as we humble ourselves in acknowledgement of who you are in our lives, you will cause us to walk in our wealthy places, you cause us to experience a rising as only you can give. In the mighty name of the Lord Jesus, we call it done. Amen. Thank you for listening to the Apostle Josiah Aubin, Jr. For more of these messages, please subscribe to his podcast and SoundCloud. It's Apostle Josiah Aubin, Jr. To interact with him, like his page on Facebook. Follow him on Twitter at Apostle Josiah Aubin, Jr.